All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Whitetail Edge podcast. I'm here with the big buck killer, Indiana thriller, Mr. Tory Miller. What's up? I worked on that for a minute, yeah. and I think I nailed it. You did. It was awesome. That was awesome. Yeah. So I'm here with Tory Miller, and I'm here with Dwayne Jones, and we all three have something in common. We're handsome. That's it. <laughs> well, you know, he didn't lie. Yeah. No, we're uh, we're all on the Whitetail Edge team, and this is actually a first for the Whitetail Edge podcast, having three team members uh, together at once. Mm-hmm. So pretty cool. We're making history. Um, so the last podcast that I did with Dwayne, which I don't know what episode it was, it doesn't really matter, but um, if you guys listen to that, you were you heard me trying to convince Dwayne to uh, basically desert his family and moved to Ohio from West Virginia. And um, and he did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. No, I didn't desert him. I couldn't do that. I think my wife would kill me. Well, I'm going to put you on the spot. Where's Jessica? Well, she's uh, she's in West Virginia. <laughs> and, and you're in Ohio. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. So, um, yeah, she's home taking care of her work. And Well, hold on. Before we get into this, okay? So, anyway, I'm like, come on, Dwayne. Desert your family. Obviously, I'm kidding. But um, he goes, oh, I just don't think it's ever going to happen, buddy. And I'm like, ah, okay. And here we are a couple months later, and now you've gotten a job at Novix Tree Stands, and you live literally 10 minutes from me. And so it is just crazy, the doors that God has opened. And um, <laughs> yeah, it, it still feels not real. True. But, um, yeah, so obviously super stoked about that. And congratulations at your job at Novix. I already told you, but. Yeah, thank you very much, man. I'm, uh, you know, Mark offered me the job, and we just took a leap in faith, yep. you know. I'm trying to get a, in a point in my life where I'm, you know, walking by faith, not by sight. Um, the the door was opened. Jessica, everybody was scared, obviously. But we're going to try it, you know, and just put put the ball in the Lord's court and, you know, see how it all works out. Let it roll. Follow. Yeah. So, um, Tori, is this – all right, so I'm just going to be totally transparent here. Um, I screwed up, like, the first five minutes of the podcast, and we had to, like, restart and fake the conversation that we just had because <laughs> <laughs> like, we just talked about this. But um, did I already say we all three have something in common on this podcast, or was that the last one? This one. Okay, sorry. Okay. <laughs> Do you want to you want to restart this? No, do, it's do, okay. you want to do it again? No, we're good. We're okay. just gonna keep rolling with it. Right. I have uh, so much going on that I can't remember anything. You're but, a busy man. Yeah, yeah. So Tori and Dwayne's at my house right now, so they see what the Gandhi house is all about, and it's a madhouse here all the time. I love it. I, I'm I come from a house that's very similar. Young kids running around chaos, and I mean, this is right at home to me. I've never been to your house. Beautiful home, by the oh, way. Thank you. Uh, but man, I feel right at home here. This is this is this is what makes life grand. Yeah, no, it does. Um, it's chaotic at times. Um, actually, like ninety eight percent of the time, it's chaotic. But <laughs> and I know they say you'll miss it one day, and I'm like, yeah, right. But I know I will. I can't wait for that day to come. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I can't wait to miss it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, having a sixteen year old and a thirteen year old. It's tougher to raise teenagers. Yeah, that's what and, they say. Yeah, so just enjoy this when things are simple. Yeah. You know, they mm-hmm. start getting phones and texting girls, and you got to worry about what you know 
worry about them when they're with their buddies and mm-hmm. yeah enjoy it yeah yeah i'm trying to soak it up coaching t-ball we just uh just got back from a t-ball game and tried to scarf dinner down real quick so we can get this podcast in here but obviously i just wanted to um you know Dwayne with living 10 minutes away um i don't know maybe start start hearing Dwayne a little bit more along with me here um and then obviously tory's got to come in town we're gonna shoot some interviews tomorrow for his episode and he's got to run to miller's gun and supply tomorrow um to to get his new prime RevX. yep uh, get that thing all tuned up and, and shooting good. But anyway, Tori, f- for anyone that doesn't know you, um, obviously Tori's got a few episodes on Whitetail Edge. Um, but for anyone that doesn't know Tori Miller, what do we need to know about Tori Miller? Very little. <laughs> um, I'm a pretty private guy. I keep to myself. But What is uh, your address? <laughs> yeah. Where do you what hunt? Was that? How much money you make? <laughs> How much do you make a year? We're not going to get personal here, but no. <laughs> we just want to know. Tell uh, the pe- get the people what they want, Tori. <laughs> yeah, so I uh, born and raised Indiana, live in uh, southeastern Indiana. Uh, stay pretty busy. I've got a couple different jobs that I work that uh, keeps me pretty busy. Uh, not really, in the grand scheme of things, not really been hunting that long. I uh, was pretty late in life when i kind of got bit by the hunting bug you know didn't come from a hunting family or nothing like that so i'm uh, learning things here right now i didn't know i didn't know that yeah yeah i was uh so my hunting i guess was um about every thanksgiving my dad and i we would do uh you know wake up in the morning while the uh you know women folk cook the food Mm -hmm. uh we'd go rabbit hunting and that was pretty much it so i was in my late teen years really before I wanted to uh, start deer hunting. Mm-hmm. And my dad didn't know anything about it, like I said, non-hunting family. So, you know, that consisted of um, shotgun season at that time in Indiana before rifles came in. It was, uh, you know, slug gun. Uh, that consisted of him and I going out into our neighbor's woods, sitting against a tree in brown Carhartt coveralls to stay warm. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, hoping something ran past, man. That was, you know, that was how I cut my teeth. Mm-hmm. So, so when did it... Uh when was the first time you picked up a bow and kind of got serious about it? <laughs> this is a this is a long story. I'll try to make it short. No, okay, we've we've got so, time. In addition to um, some other jobs, uh, I come from a farming family. My dad, you know, and and I farm. Uh, and during the fall, it's harvest season. You know, you got to be out there harvesting the crops. Okay, so when I started. Uh, following deer hunting and, and wanting to get into deer hunting you know that's always a uh, slug gun in indiana was mid-november always right you know right around the rut mid-november for two weeks okay three weekends two weeks basically so if we were in harvest mode if we were harvesting i was farming you know so it didn't take but the right circumstances that year with with weather or what have you breakdowns or whatever that gun season was gone and I didn't get to hunt that year, you know, and then that's just the way it was, you know. Good luck telling my dad you're going to go hunting why, you know, there's crops out there. Yeah. But um, So I was with some friends, and like I said, I, I didn't know much about it. I was, I was with some friends uh, actually at Kings Island here in Ohio, and it was middle of the summer, and, and uh, he said, uh, well, you should pick up a, bu- a, bu- a bow, you know. And I'm like, well, why? He's like, well, season starts in October and goes till January. And I'm like, holy cow, like three months? Are you serious? Yeah. Like, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. So I thought about it, and it was middle of summer, you know, we're riding rides, you know, whatever, and thought about the whole way home and all this stuff. And 
didn't know anybody that bow hunted. Um, didn't know anything about bow hunting. And, and by this time, I was uh, probably 19, 20. I was out on my own, had my own house. I was out on my own. So I start reading magazines. And I found this uh, video, and I, and I think it was um, HS, what's that? Hunter Specialties. Yep. Uh, yep. So You Want to Be a Bow Hunter. Greg Miller, Walter Parrott, all these yeah. guys. You remember it? Oh, yeah. Anybody seen it? Yeah. I, they used to, they actually would take like two guys. A hunter and a camera guy and just travel everywhere in a yeah. hunter specialty oh, yeah. truck. Yeah. Like, and, and I, truck. That's that's what yeah. I wanted to do for a living, man. <laughs> so they had this. Uh, it was VHS. Yeah, I, yeah. I know. You, do you, do you even know what a VHS tape is? <laughs> yeah, I did grow up on VHS. Okay. I honestly, uh, I remember getting our first DVD player. Do you really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a, it was a VHS, and I literally wore that tape deck out just watching it, just rewind it, and watch it over and over and over again. And finally, I'd saved up enough money. I went to, uh, um, gosh, I think it was Galleons at the time, uh, sporting goods store in, in Indiana, and went up there. Didn't know a thing about what I was getting. You know, just went to the guy behind the counter. I'm like, I need a bow, right? Fix me up with a bow. He's like, Well, here, take this and this and this. And it was a Browning Tornado. That was my very first one. I still have it. Oh, that's cool. Um, didn't know anything about what I was doing, and he sent me home with six half a dozen aluminum arrows right four inch you know four and a quarter inch fletching whatever it was and i went home and it was about dark when i got home but i wanted to shoot this bow so bad <laughs> right so i took a bale of hay or straw leaned it up against the barn put me a little target on there and fired all six arrows into this bale of straw every single one of them went all the way through and buried in the, in the, bar, in the wood barn door <laughs> and i lost all six arrows that night. <laughs> digging them out and bending them and breaking them and everything so anyway that was a that was kind of where a uh, you know my bow pass started and then that fall uh i climbed up it, it must have been opening day or the next day and i climbed up in a tree uh in my little climber stand you know and i sat there and three doe i'll never forget three doe came from behind me walked right underneath me and i didn't shoot one of them uh, but they walked right underneath me, fed out in the open, and I'd never been that close to a deer in, in life. You know, yeah. like, you just don't, you know, get that close unless you're out there. And, I mean, I, I've i been hooked. Yeah. It, so, it was crazy. So, I mean, why didn't you shoot? You just you just think it was like you were, like, trying to, like, it was, like, just surreal for a moment. Like, you were, like. I really enjoyed it. Um, but, they, but they went right out, and it was early in the evening. Um, and I think. You know, looking back at, like, if I'm teaching my boy and, and he's in that circumstance, I'm like, drill it, you know, yeah. like, fire away, right? But back then, I had this mentality, like, I'm going to shoot a buck, you know? So, even though these does were out in front of me, I didn't have the intelligence or sense back then to start cutting my teeth just shooting right. at animals. I'm like, I'm waiting for the buck. This buck's got to be, you know. Yeah. I wish it's, I could have been able to do that. <laughs> it's, it's like October 2nd, you know, and I'm like, oh, this buck's, like, you know, right behind him. Here he comes, you know, whatever. But, <laughs> Dude, when um, I first started, I was bloodthirsty. Like nothing yeah. was safe. Well, and that's and that's <laughs> and we started earlier. Yeah, you know. So. I, I wish that I had that mentality. Yeah. You know, I wish my. It sounds bad to say, but I wish my kill number was higher. Yeah. Um, just for the experience alone. Oh right? yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Sure. Yeah. No, I get that. Yeah. <clears throat> like, I don't know. Like starting off as a young one too, though. Like it. I don't know. It's. It's so interesting for people, I think, that have started late in the game, other than, like, or compared to, like, people that started when we were, like, really young, and just how those mindsets are different, because I, I've heard, I was just listening to a, a podcast the other day, and I can't remember who it was, but this guy was, um, 
bow hunting. It was he hasn't shot a buck yet, and he was like passing this one fifty and stuff like that. And I'm like, what? Why? I know yeah. it's just like mind blow. But he was like waiting out for this big buck. So I mean, he's doing exactly like you know I'd like to say that I would be doing right now. Um, not too many one fifties are safe around me, but. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just interesting to me because, like, when I was a kid coming up, my dad was like, drill it, drill it, drill it, shoot this, shoot that. And I'm like, okay. Sure. You know, so I was just like, I don't know. I was a deer's worst nightmare. Yeah. Back then, I guess. And I and I think, to an extent, I think that's good. That I mean, you know, you've got the experience now. So yeah. I don't fault that one bit, and I don't fault people that are like that. I think that's good. And if I could go back... Uh, one, I would start hunting a heck of a lot earlier, yeah. mm-hmm. and I would have, man, I would have filled tags, you know, yeah. for the first 10 years, I just would have filled every tag I could get my hands on. Sure. Yep. Um, you know, I wasted a lot of years early holding out for a buck when I should have been shooting does, should have mm-hmm. been shooting legal game in front of me to get experience. Right. You yep. know, so it was probably five years after that before I shot my first buck, and I mean, you know, he ended up being a little basket rack. Yeah. You know, and I'd passed bigger deer, but I'm like five years. I mean, I've got to kill something. You know? <laughs> yeah, my family, I'd have my, done family's, quit. my family's starting to wonder what I'm doing. You know, <laughs> I'm growing pot out in the woods or something. But you know, uh, and then from there, it's really, you know, they talk about the five stages of a hunter. You know, and it's really escalated quickly. I went from just killing something to now hunting bigger stuff to now I've got mm-hmm. you know young kids that are. Uh, just to the age where I'm starting to mess with them. So, you know, it's it's transitioned really quick, I yeah. feel like. Yeah, for me too, because I feel like I haven't been, like, all that serious for, like, a really long time. What is that, the bath running? Yeah, it's that or the dryer. Okay. <laughs> well, I don't even know. Hold on a second, guys. <laughs> all right, guys, and we're back. We just had to – I had to pause it real quick and make sure – I was getting some crazy feedback of our bath running downstairs. I was just making sure it wasn't interrupting the podcast, but I think we're we're good to go. Our headsets are set like really hot, so everything is like amplified big time. But anyway, so we were getting into you um, taking your, like they're starting to get to that age where you're kind of messing with them outdoors. And you said it progressed really quickly. And um, I feel the same way. So like what I was saying was like, I've been like ate up with with deer hunting for a long time, obviously, but I feel like I didn't really get like super serious until maybe a year or two after high school. I started filming in high school, but I didn't get like I don't know, I didn't have like that aha moment yet sure. where I feel like I could like start to figure some things out. So really, like you know, and I've I've been a dad for some time. I'm pretty young, but I've got kids and you know, a few of them, <laughs> but you got a basketball team. Don't yeah. Lie. Yeah. For real. But like what you were saying, like how you feel like it progressed really quickly is like, I feel that way too. And I feel like I haven't like hit my prime yet. If that makes sense. Like in my hunting. Yeah. You're just so humble. Like, I feel like I just, um, no, I feel like I'm like just starting to get started here. And yeah. now I've got kids that are coming in and obviously, I want them to fall in love with this because, sure. I mean, I, I feel like, uh, I don't know, it's way better than video games. Well, I think it's every parent's dream is you want your kids to share your passion. You want to see it passed on and, and yeah. you know, give it down to them. So I think it's only natural to want 
to experience that with them, to yeah. want to share that with them. Well, I mean, even if they're not into it, I mean, obviously I'm going to give it a couple of years, you know, kids change, you know, as the years fly by, I guess, um, a year can make a big difference in a kid hunting. So I'd obviously keep trying it, but I at least just want to try it. Like if they're not into it, I'm not going to make them go hunting, but I'm so thankful that my dad took me hunting. Absolutely. And so like, I just want to be able to at least give them that opportunity. Yeah. And I just think it's so funny. Like when I first started hunting, man, my dad had me sitting in a metal tree stand when it was like 15 degrees dad smoking cigarettes <laughs> peeing out the tree stand you know or sitting on a bucket you know he's like yelling at me and stuff oh yeah um stop moving stop yeah, shivering just, yeah and i just yes <laughs> i just think it's so funny because if i took my kids out that like they would not last and now you no. gotta have them in blinds with uh, a cell phone and, and a heater and, yeah and a heater yeah. yeah i would not dare take my kids out in the cold without a heater and maybe that's on me but i just feel like they're not gonna they're gonna i feel like they're gonna hate it and i know i hated it but i also fell in love with it somehow yeah, yeah. like how does that even work yeah and that's and, interesting to me like how do you go out there and suffer but fall in love with it and the risk you run when you do that is turning them off to it you know and that's the last thing you want to do is, yeah. is make you know make them to where they don't want to do it uh but like i've got an older brother uh, he and I basically had the same experience, you know, a little rabbit hunting here and there growing up. Uh, he has zero interest in, in hunting, and I am, you know, I lay awake at night dreaming about it, thinking about it. Yeah. So it's it's funny how different things trip mm-hmm. different triggers for people. Maybe it's just like, and this goes, you know, for all walks of life and different activities, I think, uh, or sports, you suck for so long at something or you suffer through something for so long and then you finally it finally works and you kill your first deer or your first buck or you hit a home run for the first time or you know what have you score a touchdown for the first time and then suddenly you fall in love with it maybe i don't i don't know maybe it's just maybe that suffering does make it all the sweeter whereas like like i'm pampering my kids to you know like i don't know I don't know. It's it's interesting, I guess. It's, it's, I haven't really thought of, I haven't thought about it that deeply, but I have thought about like how cushy these some of these kids have it. Okay, going so out for their first time. So, so your kids are young, mine are young. What's what's your experience been, Dwayne? Um I'm trying like I've seen I've seen guys take their kids and like spoil them. You know what I mean? Sure. And I just when they were little, I let them shoot whatever came in, other than spikes, mm-hmm. because I wanted to like teach them, hey, we don't shoot spikes, mm-hmm. you know, because, and they shot the crap out of does, yeah. right? And I really think that this is really a good strategy. I'm going to tell you how, it, you know, in a couple of years I'll tell you how it pans out. But <laughs> so I've let them, uh, you know, shoot does and have a great time, but I have not hand fed them a nice buck in Ohio. Yeah. My dad never did that either. No, though. Like, no, like like Sammy. Sammy's killed. I think it, it's a seven point. It's like eighteen inches wide. It was in uh, in Ohio, but that's the only deer he's ever killed in Ohio. And he's sixteen. Mm-hmm. I've had that property for three years. Hunter has yet to kill a deer in Ohio. When they get to that point, like when they get a little bit older, I want them to you know go hunting on our property and and try to kill a buck. 
but I want them to see a 120 mm-hmm. like I used to see a 120. Yeah. Monster. Yeah. Yeah. Like I can remember I was 26. Yeah, I think I was 26. I'm not sure, but my first buck in Ohio was 121 inches. And I remember when I shot him and he ran off, like he looked like a giant mm-hmm. and i'm calling my buddies and i'm like i just shot a giant man and and they're like yeah what do you? you know they didn't know what i shot and we walk up to him and i'm like eh. <laughs> but i was so excited yep. and so pumped and i want my kids to do that yeah you know i was 26 and if i let them shoot a 150 at 17 18 years old or whatever they're never going to appreciate it what else do they have to look forward yeah. to yeah yeah mm-hmm. and and like i said and and i hope my my strategy is going to pay off because like they love to shoot stuff and all they have shot is some does. Sammy, Sammy killed the seven point in Ohio. Hunter killed a little basket rack eight point in West Virginia a couple of years back. And, uh, I'm just trying to, yeah, but when teach they, them the right when way. they whack that one twenty one thirty, yeah. man, they're going to be like, Oh, I hope because yeah, that's w- what I want. Like this is kind of the same story. Like when I was a kid, my dad, I only shot does. I shot a few button bucks, yep. you know, nothing, nothing with horns. And then uh, I'll make this short, but my first buck, you know, I think I was like 10 or 11, maybe um, we were sitting on a bucket and a field line and my dad was sitting there smoking cigarettes, <laughs> coughing, <laughs> peeing. I'm like, man, just like, I felt like I was wasting my time. Yeah. And I remember a doe came out in the field behind us, and I was begging my dad. I was like, let me shoot him. He goes, no. He goes, I've, I've hunted this. You know, he was hunting a, a ladder stand nearby, and he goes, I've seen this buck. And he was telling me about it before we even went out there. And um, he goes, just wait. Just wait. And I'm like, I'm, I'm ticked, you know. And then all of a sudden, here he comes. Yeah. And I freaking waylaid him, and he looked like a 200 coming in. <laughs> <laughs> and when we got up to him, you know, he was a 126 inch deer, yep. eight point. Yep. So pretty good. Frame. Oh yeah. Yeah. Pretty good frame on him. Yeah. But dude, I thought I had just like killed the world record. Sure. And my dad was like, you know, good shot, buddy. And yeah. you know, he, we, we got out when I think my uncle came and blood tracked it with us. And, um, he was telling me like, as we're going in, he goes, you know, I heard him fall. And then I was like, Oh, you know, just, I don't know, man. The progression of yeah. my hunting just—I felt like it was perfect. Yeah, I want the kids to do the same thing, yeah. man. Like I just—I yeah. didn't go out and shoot a giant right off the bat, which no—I mean, that would be tough. Like here it is, youth season, and a giant comes in, like and telling your kid not to hunt it or kill it. Well, that's yeah. kind of different. Like, that would be really hard. Yeah, yeah, that's so I understand. Different. Yeah, like I understand like some of these kids shoot giants. Like I get it. Yeah. But I'm just, I'm almost thankful that never happened to me. Yeah. And I shot a 126 for my first year, and I was just, like, freaking jacked. Yeah. You know, awesome. and the thing is, they're, at that age, they're young. They don't know what, they're, what they've got. Mm-hmm. So, and maybe when I'm in that situation, I hope to God I am in that situation one day, but maybe it'll be different. But I almost feel like you've got to call them off of, you know, if their first deer walks in, that's 170, 180, I almost feel like you've got to call them off of that. Yeah. Even if it's just by luck, yeah. you know, because be like to the to run <laughs> yeah <laughs> sorry son <laughs> run start coughing <laughs> light up a marlboro yeah, that's right get out of here <laughs> go on get but you know to them uh 120 or 130 they're probably just as excited you know because they've killed something they've killed a buck they've they've done that you know and 
Depending on the age, I mean, do they really understand the difference between a 130 and a 180 other than it looks a little bigger, no. a, a little bigger than them? Do I would they, say not. Do they understand how many years guys go? Some guys don't even see a 180. Yep. You know, so yep. I don't know. Maybe maybe it'll be different if I'm in that situation, but I really agree that, you know, you've got to cut your teeth on 110s, yep. 120s. Yeah. I, I just want to clarify, I wasn't casting shade at my dad. It's nothing that I wouldn't say if he wasn't here. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, Dad, I love you. My dad – my dad, I don't know how he does it, man. He lights them up left and right in the tree stand and kills freaking giants. Papa Gandhi has taught his family well. We yeah. saw what you guys did this last fall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty awesome. But so, um, Tori, you work at well, one, you own a dealership. Uh, yeah, my family, my brother and I, we own uh, two ag dealerships uh, in southeastern Indiana. We sell uh, tractors, New Holland. And uh, case tractors, uh, bobcat skid loaders, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Where at in Indiana? Uh, Decatur County, Greensburg. Okay. Uh, and then a store in uh, Rush County, Rushville, which is uh, just the, the next county north. Okay. And then you put a different hat on and you work at Mosquito Properties. Absolutely. I am a uh, land broker, uh, a certified land specialist for the uh, best uh, Mossy Oak Brokerage in the country. That's uh, Indiana Land and Livestock. I wish I had sound bites on here and I could put like a... You should. Yeah, where's your clap? Dwayne, just start clapping. I don't... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bravo. Bravo. <laughs> I just tapped Dwayne's head. Yep. And then he... <laughs> but no, I, that, that's, been a, uh, that's been a life-changing event for me uh, to work with the brokerage that I work with. Those guys, uh, Jeff Mahalik, uh Chad Rimbarger, and, and Kelly Hendricks, those guys are phenomenal. They've changed my life. They really yeah, have. Yeah. Three three guys that I really look up to. And um, starting that path or starting that journey and getting hooked up with them mm-hmm. uh, has really blessed me and changed my life. Um, and it's one of those things. I mean, I, I hit a home run when I, when I landed that, right? I hit a home run there. Um, I don't think I would do this job with uh, some of the other outdoor mm-hmm. real estate companies or, you know, uh, Century 21, I don't think I would be doing that. Well, I know I wouldn't be doing the same thing with them yeah. just because uh, where I'm at, I'm just so fortunate and so thrilled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's awesome, man. Uh, I know you guys kill it there. I'm constantly saying you guys are up for yeah, we are, awards. Uh, and... This is the uh, third consecutive year we're uh, Office of the Year nationwide. So Remember to press... I just pressed Dwayne's. Okay, there you go. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah, and, and honestly, um, you know, the whole – that's one of the things about Mossy Oak, you know, and I know we're sponsored by them, but um, what a fabulous company. Oh, top, yeah. top to bottom. Just, yeah. I mean, just amazing. Yeah. Uh, but to go down to uh, every year they have a land summit uh, for all the brokerages and everybody, whether we win, whether Ohio's won a few times um, – Everybody's just so supportive, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's one big family. So mm-hmm. uh, that just goes back to what I was saying, like to work for them, you know, I hit it out of the park. It's, yeah. it's a blessing. Yeah, no doubt. So being a land specialist, I think this is a good transition here to talk about. Um, I, get, I don't know. I guess I just want to hop into some land land stuff here while, while we got a land specialist here. Sure. So I guess I'm trying to figure out like, okay, let me just give you a scenario, right? Mm-hmm. Take a guy like me, mm-hmm. uh, and I think a lot of guys are like like me, and, and maybe my spot. Young family, young, um, you know, I'm pretty young. I'm young. Sure, <laughs> you uh, you are, man. I yeah. feel I feel like the grandpa sitting in the room, but that's all right. <laughs> but not that much older both, than me. Both you guys, man. I would I would kill to be your age again. <laughs> so, 
I look sometimes at like, man, I'm never going to be able to buy property. Yeah. Right. That's just how I feel. And I know a lot of guys, a lot of my friends feel the exact same way. Um, I know it's, that's just an excuse. Like I know things will unfold. Ben said he felt the same way when I was young or when he was young. Um, and I, 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 I don't know if, if it's the Lord's plan for me to own land, then I'll own land one day. Sure. But what do you have to say to those guys that feel like I do, I guess? Like, what is, if you could give some pointers, what would it be? I hear Bill Winky say, <laughs> lock it down while you can because it's not getting any, it's not getting uh, any cheaper. They're yeah. not making any more of it. Yeah. And you can lock it in for the current price, right? You know, the, the, the thought that you, can never own land you know that's a common i want to say a misconception but that's a very common thought right Mm -hmm. uh to look at um most people their biggest purchase they're going to make in their lives their house Mm -hmm. right uh so to look at land if you're not going to live on it let's say recreational land to look at that and spend roughly what you would spend on a house or more um a lot of people can't fathom that how can i how can i pay for that Mm-hmm. When I'm working all the time and, and, you know, I don't want to say barely getting by, but, you know, when, when you've got a house payment and a car payment and everything else that goes along with it, right? How can you afford that? You hit the nail on the head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Scraping by. <laughs> <laughs> Are you, uh, are, you, are you charging me rent for to, <laughs> to sleep here tonight, too? By the way, I need 50 bucks to sleep here. <laughs> yeah. Can we get your credit card number? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, <laughs> but, and I think it's a saying, and, and I believe Bill Winky said it also, you know, the best time to buy land was 20 years ago, mm-hmm. right? Second best time is today. Uh, and there is truth to that. And there's maybe, you know, some not truth to that, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, look at the last few years. What's what's not gone up in, in price the last few years? And now interest rates, you know, 9%, 10%, things like that. So right now is not a great time, mm-hmm. okay? Um, but there is truth to the more you wait, the longer you wait, the worse it's going to be, typically, okay? So what's going to have to happen to make it appealing from here on out is a fallout, right? We're going to have to go through some really hard times. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, to bring that stuff back down to get that interest back down. You we're know. in hard times, baby. <laughs> exactly. I mean, we're. I mean, I yeah, yeah. Harder. I, don't, I, I don't argue with you, but uh, you know, things are going to have to change. It cannot continue on this, uh, yeah. you know, upward climb like it is right. uh, indefinitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, tillable twenty five, thirty thousand dollars an acre is yeah. Yeah. insane, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and then uh, during the pandemic time, there was a lot of panic buying. Okay. Mm-hmm. Everybody wanted out of the city. Everybody wanted, you know, their own little piece of rural where they can homestead and be away from everybody and not catch the disease. You know, yeah. let's. I won't get into that. But, um, so a lot of those even wreck ground pieces skyrocketed, mm-hmm. right? So that makes that purchase even that much more scary. Mm-hmm. But man, you got to do it. Mm-hmm. It's it's if it's something you want to do, you'll find a way. Mm-hmm. And there's sacrifices involved. Sure. You know, there's absolutely. Yeah, yeah, Dwayne's holding his hand up. I mean, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, if you want it, you'll find a way. Yeah. If you want anything bad enough, you'll find a way. So oh, yeah. uh, Bill Winky, you know, everybody looks at him as the land buying guru and how he, you know, put together the farms that he's put together and stuff like that. Well, if you really pay attention, he bought the first 
It was a his, small one. His first farm. I think it was 40, wasn't it? He was, uh, it, it was a real small parcel, yeah. but I, I, if I remember right, and don't quote me on it, but if I remember right, he was one of like 15 partners in this conglomerate that bought that, that owned this. Uh-huh. So he owned one fifteenth gotcha. of whatever, you know, whatever it was. Um, and sometimes you got to do that. Yeah. So, you know, if, if you want it bad enough, the three of us, mm-hmm. all right, we could go in, we could figure out how to buy 30 acres. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You just got to find a way. Yep. Um, and this is going to sound really bad, but a lot of people don't like sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Okay. A lot of people don't want more than what they are comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, you just, you just said it. I've got three jobs, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I've grew, grew up working. I mean, I, I, I do, you know, the, the dealerships, um, real estate, and I'm a farmer also. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up working hard and that's the way my dad taught me. And a lot of people don't want to do that. They want to go out on Memorial Day. They want to go on the boat, mm-hmm. right? They want to go out on 4th of July and, and, you know, party with their friends and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm okay working. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. I'm okay working because I want that. Mm-hmm. And I know that's what it's going to take. Yep. Uh, and, and that's the mindset that you've got to have, right? Maybe you don't need that iPhone 14 for 1200 bucks or, you know, whatever the heck it is. You know what I mean? Hey, that's, it's, we, all, we all have it. I'm not, I'm I'm not falling you here, one bit. I'm sitting here melting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not falling Tori's you one like, bit. We all have as it. Tori's but. staring me right in the eye saying all of this. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it's, you know, that's what it takes. Nice office, Dylan. You don't need it. Yeah. <laughs> Look at all this. This is all fancy, Dylan. You could have gotten by with a lot less. <laughs> you could have had that 15 acres if yeah. you really, really wanted it. Dang it. <laughs> no. Everything's for sale. <laughs> no, but, I mean, that's, you know, that's 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 really what it boils down to there's ways to do it there's financing you can have partners uh, mm-hmm. there's even even though they're not as popular as they once were land contracts with owners financing there's still some of that out there especially in kentucky i see that all the time in kentucky mm-hmm. uh maybe you're not going to end up with the 500 acres uh you know in illinois county illinois you know I just kind of threw Ben under the bus, but, you know, whatever. Yikes. Um, <laughs> you know, maybe you're not going to end up with that pristine hunting ground, mm-hmm. but you can get you someplace. Yep. And if you play it right and you work hard and you can transform transform that place into something else mm-hmm. and just keep moving up. Yep. Yeah. And that's you what can always make it better. Yeah, absolutely. That's what you got to do. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I obviously, I, I'm not even thinking huge property i'm thinking like 40 and less yeah absolutely you know even if it was like just a property that was even for hunting like what's your thoughts on just like dabbling in like smaller lots that could be used for like building purposes and like flipping them and selling them that way or fabulous yeah fabulous um and partly because of that's my realm and that's what I'm into. But to me, there is no better place to stick your money, no better investment than land mm-hmm. of any of any kind. I do. Right? Is it harder to get um, financing for like rec only land? Uh, short answer is no. Um, long answer: certain banks will not do it because it's rec land, and you know, or you've got to have a huge down payment. You know, because mm-hmm. yeah. banks are scared of, scared of it, right? So they don't want to be upside down in somebody. So if you lose your job, are you going to stop paying on your hunting ground first or your house? Now, the three of us in here would be like, her house, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> My house. I'll live in a tent, right? Yeah. Uh, 
Stick shelter, baby. <laughs> but the yeah, but the bank sees it as you're gonna stop paying on your rec ground. Yeah. Right. So they want that down payment. They want to know if you don't ever make that first payment, they can repo that ground, sell it, and, and be okay. Mm. So a lot of times there's like 30, 40, 50 percent down for a normal bank. Okay. Mm. Now there's a lot of uh, companies coming up. Uh, Rural First, which is a farm credit, you know, that that specialize in lending rural properties, rec properties, and stuff like that. So that's becoming a big enough deal in the last, uh, let's say, 10 to 12 years mm-hmm. that there's lenders paying attention to that. But if you go, you know, you go downtown Columbus, Ohio here and, and walk into Bank of America and say, I want to buy, you know, 40 acres of timber, mm-hmm. you know, can I finance 100%? They're going to say <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So um, that's interesting, I guess. Um, you sure? Yeah. You kind of, kind of, you're yeah. falling asleep? No, I'm, <laughs> I'm brainstorming. Yeah, I'm he's racking. brainstorming, dude. I've, I've gotcha. got things gotcha. flying like, in my Hold on, I, I might be able to pull this off. Yeah. I was, I was, I was getting nervous. I'm like, I think I'm losing Dylan here. <laughs> no, 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 I'm ADHD. I'm like thinking about a million other things right yeah. now. Squirrel. Yeah. Okay, if we get rid of the, the four wheeler and the truck and <laughs> yeah. Michaela's van. Hey, honey, we got to sell your van. Yeah. <laughs> I know some Amish folks <laughs> get a buggy, <laughs> save on gas. We're going to start pinching pennies. No, that's, um, I don't know. It's, it's just good to know that there's hope out there. It's not impossible. Obviously, I didn't think it was impossible, but maybe just not thinking of like the, you know, the big farms right off the bat, which I think all of us are in love with the 150 acre piece that's got a creek running through it and it's got a good mix of ag and timber, you know, like obviously that's sure. what we all want. Well, I think, a, I think a big thing is your expectations would have to meet, um, you know, you'd, you'd have to lower your expectations, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're not going to walk out of there. If you're barely getting by month to month, you're not going to walk out of there with 250 acres, okay? Yeah. But getting started with 20 acres, 10 acres, mm-hmm. um, is a lot more attainable than most people even even dream of. Mm-hmm. You can you can do it a lot easier than what most people think. Yeah. My very first, uh, my very first rec property was 11.8 some acres you know so a small piece um but in this sayings out there too i'd rather have the right 20 than the wrong 200 mm-hmm. it was a fabulous 11 acres i wish i'd never sold it to be honest with you uh, but it was uh coming right off of a bigger you know it was mostly timber uh but it was coming off a bigger chunk of timber that was leading out into ag fields yeah right where do we where do we want to be we want to be in between bedding and yeah. food. Yeah. And that 11 acres was, man. And it was it was dynamite. Yeah. I mean, this past year was like the first year I didn't have any big farm whatsoever. I had all smaller farms. And it was incredible to me to see that I had more big deer on camera than ever before. Sure. And I just had those, those right small pieces. Obviously, I had some bad small pieces, too, that were unproductive. But I had a lot of really good small pieces that I found yeah. on DeerCast. Um, just really good pockets that came out of some good stuff or butted up to good stuff. And it was, uh, pretty awesome. Absolutely. But anyway, uh, what else do you want to add in there? So anyone, I guess in the Indiana area, you, is that about the only place you dabble or? Uh, so my brokerage is uh, Indiana land lifestyle. So we are all over Indiana, okay. right? We've got agents, um, gosh, probably without doing the math, I'm going to say between 15 and 18 agents. Uh, in Indiana alone. Mm-hmm. Okay, so northern to southern, we've got you covered 
somewhere. Yeah. Do you deal with a lot of guys out of state buying rec land in Indiana? We see that. Uh, yeah, yeah, we see that. Yeah. I don't want to say yes because a lot of it's still in state, mm-hmm. uh, but we do have the out of state buyers fairly often. Yeah, because yeah. I love Indiana. Like I would, I would love to buy a piece in sure. Indiana. Absolutely, and it's you know the one thing when I started that uh, and traveled around Indiana, the one thing I love about that state is the, the diversity. Mm-hmm. You know, from north to south, you get in all kinds of terrains. It's flat mm-hmm. ag fields. You know, you can see forever. It looks like Iowa or yep. you know Illinois. Uh, you can get down south, and it looks more like West Virginia, you know, something like that, where, <laughs> where there's hills and stuff like that, you know. And the Big abandoned, bucks running uh, everywhere. Abandoned <laughs> trailers, you know, next to the road. And, you know. Now, easy, hold on. It's not that bad. Easy. <laughs> but but just, the, just the sheer diversity in that state is um, – it's got something for everybody. Yeah, yeah. So much like Ohio, I guess, because Ohio's yes, Ohio's got the same thing. Like where you guys are, um, where where we are here versus like where Ben, you know, it's a nine day difference. Yeah, it's completely different. You would think it was different states. Yeah, yeah. Noble County is way different than here. Yeah, sure. Where my property's at, I'm a flatlander, man. So all I love g- it. Yeah, and you know, I buy timber with Ben. So Ben will be like, "Hey, I need you to go look at this piece down here," and I'll go, and I'm like, <gasps> "Yeah, yeah." <gasps> Run up this ridge top here. Dying. <laughs> Ben's like, what's taking you so long? I'm like, do you see where I live? <laughs> Everything's a slope downhill, basically, here. Or yeah. flat. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. But anyway, man, um, what else we got, guys? What's going on over at Novix right now, Dwayne? Oh, man. It's crazy hectic. Warehouse um, manager, Dwayne Jones. <laughs> That's cool, yeah, that's, man. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. You know there's two Dwayne Jones that works at Novix now? Are you serious? What is yeah. the chances of that? Um, drawing a paycheck, going to the same address, I'd say likely high. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll get them both. <laughs> yeah. There that, you go. Cool. I don't know. Yeah, so uh, we just came out with the Hero Series. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get that in OD Green or FDE. It's like a tan. And, uh, yeah, man, it's it's – so we came out with that. We got the Raider series that's getting ready to come out. Um, we have pre-orders in right now, but we got to make sure that everything's together with that. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's booming. Yeah, it's about to get crazy. Oh yeah. Once the Raider series comes in, you're gonna be freaking. I'm never gonna yeah. see you. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, and I I told Mark is I'll you know if I have to work longer than eight to ten hours, I will. Yeah. Um, just to get those orders out to our customers. Mm-hmm. Because that's what one thing we try to pride ourselves on. Like when those orders show up to me, I'm like sweating bullets till they're out the door. Yep. And uh, that's one of our main things. You know, other being made in America is number one, awesome. And then you know, customer service, the quality of the product. So, yeah, it's uh, it's moving forward, and we're excited to see where it goes. Yeah, new apparel too, right? Oh just, yeah, just dropped on the website. I I saw. Um, I just got some new hats from Novix. They're pretty uh, slick. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, new hats. The apparel game at Novix is, like, yeah. It's taken a big step, man. Like, they are constantly coming out with new hats and new shirts. And yeah. I can't believe some of the shirts on there that are, like, 10 bucks, yeah. nine ninety nine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, there's uh, their quality is really good, man. Like, yeah. shirts, hats, tree stands, whatever it is, I mean, it's. It's all good stuff, not just because I work there, because I hunted out of Novix tree yeah. stands before. Yeah, we thought it was awesome before you were even there. So. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm really the awesome part about it is working for a company that, 
you know, we've been affiliated with them how long now? Four years? Five years? Mm, I'm not sure how long it's been. Yeah. Um, it's it's been close. a while. Yeah. So we've been affiliated with Novix for a while. And now to to work where, you know, is we're coming out with a product, the products that I believe in. I use them. Yeah. You know, I use them well before I started working there. Yeah. And I just think that's awesome. And how, you know, Novix and White Toe Edge work together and it's just... I don't know. It's falling yeah. together pretty cool. And see, I'll uh, I'll tell you, you know, I'm not afraid to tell you. I was the guy that, um, you know, when Rural King would have their after-season sale, I'd go up there and buy those Chinese, you know, oh, for, yeah. for $35 or whatever. I, I was under the impression more stands the better, yeah. right? But the first time I had a Novix and unboxed that thing, I mean, I'll, I'll never forget the first one I opened it up, and I'm like, nah, it's a tree stand. Yeah. And just the quality is just uh you know, they're more money but the quality is amazing yeah. yeah i mean dude you're literally your grandkids can hunt out of these absolutely. things if you wanted oh yeah absolutely well and that's the thing i mean the the quality is so they're so light mm-hmm. and so simple to hang to you know get through the woods they have the hunt ready yeah. systems you can pull them right out of the back you know right out of the box and you there's not you know you don't do anything mm-hmm. yeah. you just go hunting yeah and they're, I don't know, man, I just, I'm really happy to be a part of it because I believe in it so much. Absolutely. It's, it's one of, uh, one of the company, you know, one of our sponsors, I guess, that mm-hmm. I absolutely just bleed by Novix. I mean, yep. if, if White Toe Edge was to go away tomorrow, I would still be and buying Novix. Yep. Me I too. mean, it's, it's fabulous. Fabulous. Yep. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, and that's like another thing too. Like I said, your grandkids can hunt out of this. And I'm just like picturing that one day because you know you hold something of granddad's, us hold something of granddad's. We're like, man, this is some old school shit, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you know. But I feel like my grandkids holding a Novix. I mean, where else could the innovation go? But they keep coming out with stuff, and I'm like, how? Like, how did you think about that? Like, yeah. it's just incredible to me that they just keep on innovating at Novix. Like, yeah. things just get better and better and better. Yeah. Like how much better could you possibly get? It's it's just a tree stand, but they keep figuring out ways to fine tuning, fine, very fine tuning. Yeah, Yeah. and I think that's I mentioned this before in a podcast when I podcasted with Mark and Brad, and I was like, man, that's why we love Prime so much because, you know, you see the I think there was one video of um, them just like testing cams, and next thing you know, there was this giant pile of cams and wheels yeah. and like all that stuff and like they just want to get it right and fine tune it and that's why we love prime so much and Novix is the exact same way yeah no coincidence they're both made in america yeah, yeah. well and it's a great that's what i like most about way edge is you know ben's not gonna deal with anything that he doesn't believe in mm-hmm. i mean that's just the facts yeah we could go and get all kinds of you know partners or whatever the case is but he's not gonna do that no nope. everything we use Spartan cameras, prime bows, Novix, it's all good stuff. Yeah. And we use it. Yeah. You know, we don't just say, hey, use a Spartan and then we use something else. Right. We use Spartans. Yeah. I love them. Yeah. 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 I would have a hard time ever not using a Spartan. Yeah. <laughs> oh. But um, so, like you said there, like Ben is not going to use junk. And I just have to give some kudos to Ben because this happened recently, but Ben is just like, you know, he'll tell you how it is straight up. Like even, (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> even yeah, even on our episodes, like I can I can hear him in the back of my head right now. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean he he does not shy away from what he believes in. Yeah, um, and I just have such a respect for that. So here recently, we were having some trouble on our social media. I don't know what the heck, but it was like months months of like shadow banning hmm. like we none of our stuff was getting seen i don't care what i threw out there no one was seeing it it just our numbers were awful compared to last year because we were killing it and then all of a sudden nothing and um you know like i said we were trying everything and i was like maybe we need to like get verified you know like verify our account or whatever and so we tried it and um I don't know. They said the ID or something was wrong because you have to like snap, snap a picture of your ID or whatever. And then it turns out now they want you to pay for it yeah. to be verified oh, and yeah. stuff like that. And so I asked Ben just the other night, I was like, did you try verifying? He goes, heck no. You know, he goes, I'm not, I'm not funding meta and their crap, you know, basically like yeah. I, he said, I'm not paying for their agenda. So I don't know what I probably can't tell you exactly what he said, but <laughs> But no, I just I don't know. He he could care less about the numbers. He just wasn't funding yeah what you know what they stand for. And I just and that goes for everything with Ben. Like even down to our sponsors or his Christian belief. Man, he will not budge. And I just have a respect for that. Absolutely. Yeah. You know. So you guys can take it to the bank when we say that the product is good. We do truly believe in it. We we don't want to steer people that support us in the wrong direction. He wouldn't, uh, he wouldn't promote something that he doesn't use himself. Yeah, yep, absolutely. And there's so many videos out there of us using the product, and you can see where each one of them shine. Even down to a Rogue bowstring, which does not get glorified as much as it should. I know we just, we just had Rogue on there, but there's something about getting your Rogue bowstring on your bow and everything staying nice and tuned and... The last thing you think about is your string because you just know it's it's ready to rock when you need it. Yeah. You know, or our HHA site. I mean, everything that we use that might not get the glorification that, you know, our prime does. Obviously, a prime bow gets a lot of love because we're shooting it with a prime bow. You see the prime, but you don't see these little fine details like, you know, you guys know what I mean, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Which I, I wanted to tell you, too, you're... Uh, last podcast with Rogue, awesome podcast. Have you listened to that? Oh yeah, yeah. And what was a uh, Chris Chris Schur, Schur, Schner? Yeah, um, dude, you covered strings, Steiner mowers. Here we go. Targets, you know, gay pride. Here we go. Sectional clothing <laughs> yeah. and underwater basket weaving degrees. <laughs> Did you catch that at the end? Did you catch Chris say that at the end? Yeah. Underwater basket. I'm yeah. like, when I heard that, I'm like, this man, he's my man. I love him. Yeah. Dude, it's awesome. It was so. incredible talking to that guy. Like, That's I've sweet. never thought about strings so much. But when you find someone, I say it all the time, when you're passionate about something, you become great at oh, it. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he is, like, I can't imagine it's very easy to find someone that is passionate about a bowstring. Yeah. But Chris is passionate, passionate about, about a bowstring. Like, yeah. Dude, he knows everything. And he was very, you know, well-informed, very educated on it. I mean, oh, yeah. a great, great podcast. You need to go back and listen to it. It's one, I don't know, last podcast you had, 19 or whatever yeah, it was. 19, I don't know. But yeah. yeah, great, great podcast. Dude is just man. a wealth of knowledge, man. It was like, holy crap. Oh, yeah. yeah. Really cool. Just, um, yeah, just never thought about strings that much, you know, and he's just diehard about it. Sure. 
which I've never met anybody die hard about a bow string before. <laughs> well, I've had my rogue string on my prime for, I want to say three years. Mm-hmm. I've never waxed, put any wax on it. Yeah. I was just being lazy. Like, Turns out that's all. That's uh, good. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I've, I've never oh, yeah. done that. And every, every other bow string that I've ever used, you know, it gets frays and they don't. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, the, um, twist, peep twist. Yeah, the peep twist. There's no peep twist. There's no peep twist. Yeah. yeah. And I've had it on there for three years. Yeah. And I w- and you know, like Tori said, if if whitetail wedges no more tomorrow, I'm gonna have a rogue bowstring. Yeah. 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 I think we we just have fallen in love with these partners, all of them, man. They're all so good to us, really. Well, and what like we- a mega meat. Like, dude, I couldn't yeah. imagine ever shooting another broadhead now. <laughs> yeah. I've seen the destruction. I've seen what they do to a deer, and I'm like... Violent. It's so hard to argue with that, because I've shot competitors' broadheads back in the day, and, you know, I'm not going to cast shade them. They killed deer. But, dude, these mega meats are for real. Yeah. And they fly so... Like, they fly so true to a, um, you know, to okay. a... Um, what am I looking for? A field point here. But, anyway, so... I think we're going to wrap it up, guys. Um, awesome talking with you, Tori. I'm so glad that you were able to make it here. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> don't don't mind me. Yeah. But, um, Dwayne, thank you, sir. Yeah, no it was, problem, It man. was fun, guys. We should do it again. Absolutely. We'll, we'll see you next weekend for the next one, Tori. Sure. Make yeah, the no drive problem. in. Yeah, I am. Uh, we're headed over to uh, Miller's Gun tomorrow. We're going to pick up my new Prime. Yep. So as soon as that's done, we can podcast again. Have you ever gotten a bow set up there? I've gotten one. Okay. So I'm on my uh, fourth prime, I think. Are your um, arrows there? There is some arrows there, yes. Okay. For me. So yes. we are shooting the uh, G5 marks this year, I'm sure. Yes. Pretty much everyone knows that. but. Um, Which I'm very excited about. I can't wait to Yeah. Get well, my hands they're on. awesome arrows. Um, they, I mean, me and Dwayne's been shooting in the yard and... They're pretty killer. Um, so you guys have your bows for this year? Yeah, mine's right yeah. there. Look at that, baby. Oh, that does look pretty sweet. Yeah, it's pretty sexy. Yeah. With those marks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but. Um, How do you like it? Oh, I love it. Happy? Yeah. Um, so I'm coming from the black, as you can see. It's yep. hanging right by it. Um, I think that was. So what came out after the black? The Nexus and the inline. And then the Rev X. Yeah, I have the Nexus, right? yeah. So I'm looking at a three-year jump there in bows. Okay. Um, they changed a, a lot, compared, you know, from the black to the. Um, you can see the difference just looking at the. So bow. what was the? Let's see. So the logic was before the black. Yeah, which so that a, was logic. an awesome bow. I yeah, I love. That was my the logic. first that's, one I had. That's what yeah. That's that was what I a, fell in love with. That was a great bow. Yeah. That was the first one. That was the first prime I ever used. And I'll never forget. I. Uh, my very first bow, like we said, was a Browning Tornado, and then I went to Hoyt. Yeah. Uh, and um, the pro shop I was at was not very good. Uh, I won't mention any names, but it was not very good, and I almost quit, you know, yeah. archery just because the bow was not set up. It wasn't timed. Uh, and then I found a uh, Hoyt pro shop, uh, primetime archery, Rusty Sharp, great guy, very, very knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. And he really got my, my bow set up, and that really started my, you know, archery yeah. journey. Uh, but I shot Hoyt forever. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was over hunting uh, with Ben, and I wasn't on the team or nothing like that, which I didn't want to be for a lot of years. You know, I wasn't I wasn't part of Whitetail Edge. I was just Ben's friends. You know, we've been friends for 15 years or whatever. Um, and he's like, shoot my prime. 
And I'm like, no, no, I'm, I'm a Hoyt guy, right? Like, I, I, I don't need to. You know, he's like, no, nah, shoot it. And I'm like, no. And this went on for like two days. Yeah. And finally, I was getting ready to go home, and he's like, shoot my prime. And I'm like, all right, you know, I'll shut him up, right? Just shoot your prime. And I shot it once, and I'm like, what? <laughs> felt felt pretty good. <laughs> I'm like, give me another arrow. And of course, you know, we know as as archers that his wasn't set up for me. Draw lengths was right. different, and all that. But I was just, sure. you know, we we're just out back doing what I can. And so he gave me another arrow, and I shot another arrow. I'm like, huh. that felt good too. Pretty pretty nice, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I loaded my stuff up and driving home. And I got about a four hour drive home. And by the time I got home, I'd ordered a prime. <laughs> 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 I thought about it long enough. I'd ordered prime, and Logic was my very first one. So, yeah, that was my I, first one, and I loved it. Absolutely yeah. loved it. Yeah, great bow. And the Revex just kind of gives me like. I liked the black, okay, but I didn't feel, I don't, I didn't feel like super deadly with it, I guess. Yeah. I was a little bit inconsistent um, going from the logic, which I felt very deadly with. Um, then I went to the black and I was a little inconsistent with it, but now I'm back in this RevX and I feel like I'm back in the saddle. Yeah. Like I just feel very in tuned with it, I guess. I don't know. It's just an awesome bow. It's dead in the hand. I mean, it's it's an incredible bow. But what I was getting at with the arrows, uh, they're at Miller's, man. They even, like, index the arrows. You know what that means? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I, I'm i oblivious to, like, bow setups. and I just take my stuff to Miller's. Sure. And they are phenomenal. Like, yes. I, I would put them against any bow shop in the country. Yeah. They just know their stuff. And so I just take my stuff there. They get me all set up, and I go out and shoot and make sure it hits the deer. Sometimes I'm not very good. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, I mean, just the steps that they take there at Miller's, getting you set up, man, it's just like, I mean, you went to a different, we won't say a name, you went to a different one just the other day just because it was convenient for you. Yeah. You just had to get some arrows cut, basically. But you saw the sloppy work that the guy done. Now you got to go to Miller's. Yeah. Now you got, now you got to fix it. Yeah, and I got to work tomorrow in the warehouse and you guys are going and I'm going to be all by myself. And yeah, can't we're, we're working at Novix. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what I was <laughs> saying. Oh, I'm sorry. You got to work at Novix. Yeah, what a hard job. <laughs> Surrounded by these OD tree stands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, yeah, anyway. I got to make it out there, man. I was, you know, I was kind of upset. Yeah, it's um, worth the drive. Yeah. And if your old lady wants to go with you, man, you can just drop her off in Amish town. That's what it's right in the middle of a, a bunch yeah. of tourists. Oh stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, it's incredible. Like they've got all kinds of. You'll never see so many Amish on bicycles, in your life. E-bikes. Right on. Oh yeah, they're oh, just zipping Holmes, it. Holmes Zip County. It. Yeah, Holmes County. Right on. Yeah, good for them. Yep, they're in Sugar Creek. Miller's Gun and Supply. It's seriously worth the drive. If I lived in Indiana. Oh, you live in Indiana, I'm, and you're going to Miller's. live in Indiana? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking that was not uh, that was not on purpose. If I lived in Indiana, I would go to Miller's. Now, I, I do have to say, my local shop is a prime dealer, and uh, they're very, very good, too. Yeah. Cutting edge. They're very, very good. But about every uh, every other bow or, you know, every few bows, I send it over here to Miller's. And, um, I mean, Ryan, I mean, they're they're just phenomenal. They yeah. really are. Yep. Yeah, then Dewey's in there, or Dewey Dewey, the Dwayne. Yeah. Uh, They've got, like, Ryan's, like, the main bow tech guy. Um, and then Dewey's, like, the arrow expert. So they've got, like, the best of all worlds in there. Yeah. Running a really good shop. And they're expanding. Did you see that? I did see that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah on they're the, on adding the media. on to their shop. Yep. What's, so what are they doing? What, what? I think the bow, sh- like, the bow, like, setup and the paper tuning and all that's going to be, like, back. I honestly can't say for sure. You know what? We'll ask tomorrow. Yeah, we'll, 
We'll say, what's this for? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're going to be like, uh, more, spear, more, spear hunting. more room. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> more showroom. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, hey, thank you, guys. I love you both. Uh, you guys are such blessings to me in my life. Um, and uh, thank you guys for listening to another episode of the White Tail Edge podcast. You can say you love me, too. I love you, too. Love you, too, bud. <laughs> <laughs>